Horizons 1 is now departing. Our final destination today, the 21st century. Come on, baby! Let's exercise! You see, my friends, the computer makes life easier. <laughs> Saves me time and headaches, too. Hi, and welcome to the universe of energy. How are you? No need to answer. Have a great stay here in Epcot or wherever your final destination may take you. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 413 for the week of July 19th. 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic, not just with this podcast, but with videos, blog, live events, newsletter, mobile app, audio tours, books, and much more. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and find everything else over at www.radio.com. So Disney's Animal Kingdom is undergoing unprecedented growth with a lot of excitement building for the world of Pandora set to open in just a few years. But recently, another new section of the park, Harambe Market, opened, and this week, I'm gonna invite you to join me for a live review of this wonderfully immersive environment, well-crafted backstory, and African-inspired street food. I'll also share interviews with an Imagineer and executive show producer for Disney's Animal Kingdom, as well as the chef de cuisine, and Stephen Miller from Walt Disney World Merchandise, who shares some unique souvenir items that you can enjoy, cook, and eat. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have more information at the end of the show about upcoming WW Radio events and meets of the month. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. addition to Disney's Animal Kingdom and one that I'm very, very excited about. It is not Avatar or the World of Pandora or even a new attraction or show. Instead, it's a new experience in Africa known as the Harambe Market, which is themed after sort of a very busy, authentic marketplace with the sight and the sounds. You can hear the train behind me and really the flavors of an Africa street food fair and as you know, one of the things I love most about Walt Disney World is the food. I believe that food attractions are the things you do in between meals. So I was excited when we were able to come and experience the, the new marketplace. As you can hear, the sound of the train behind me really connects this to the story of Africa. The sort of a colonial era train depot uh, with a water tower and four different food locations, as well as Zuri's Sweet Shop, a location unlike anything else where they have not just unique food items that you can consume there, but ones that you can take home, like Flame Tree barbecue sauce, different types of popcorn, and then actually goods and wares 
that were created in Africa and ways that you connect with the with the artisans uh, by looking at the uh, the cards and getting to connect with them online. But I thought today, in the interest of research and hoping to introduce you to a place that you may not have known existed because it only has been open just a few weeks, was to come out to the Harambe market and do a live review of all, not just one, but all of the food locations here. And once again, surprising my family this morning, I said, get up early, get dressed. We're going to some place that I know you love, but have never been before. It was Disney's Animal Kingdom and the place they've never been before is the new Harambe market. So I'd like to introduce you to, not in order of, of favorites, but we'll go by age order. So first, Nicholas. Sup, dog. And Marion. Hello. And 39, all, 29, sorry, all over again is Deanna. Hi. So you guys, I said that you loved Disney's Animal Kingdom. Who's fa- who's Who thinks this is their favorite park? Me. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah, so all three of them raised their hands. Well, they're raising their hands because they're trying to get close to food. I've been torturing them by taking pictures and walking around and shooting video of the food beforehand. But let's talk first before we start eating about this location, right? Sort of nestled deep within Harambe, and it really does sort of connect to the the Kilimanjaro Safari. You almost would imagine that if you were in Africa, this was a place that you would stop and visit either before or after your two-week-long safari. Absolutely. You would never know that this is nestled back here. They do such a creative thing with regards to opening up new spaces. And how they theme it is absolutely amazing with all the architecture and the actual, like, African ware that are, that's hanging around and what they use to, to bake and cook and all their utensils. It's, you feel like you're in an African, like... Right, and, and all of, you know, this outdoor marketplace, if you look around and really take the time to look at the details... You can see it's like your own neighborhood street fair. There's vendors, there's an herbalist, there's um, you know artwork in the background, there's a train depot. So it really does sort of complete a very detailed and rich story. And if you look at the things on the walls and even on the ceilings, if you look up above you, and there's a ton of covered seating area out here, which is nice because it, in typical Disney's Animal Kingdom fashion, it's Africa hot today. But if you look and see, they've taken oil drums and have flattened them out to help make the roofs, again, like somewhere that you would find, you know, if you were going out on an African safari. Yeah, we even heard that they get the oil drums from Africa and they, like, put them on the ceilings and you wouldn't even imagine that they would turn such like a, a space with really not a lot of stuff and they would turn it into this beautiful like little shop with de- delicious looking I'm not sure about tasting food but it's probably get your good. fingers off my flatbread woman we're not quite there just yet and if you look too did you guys find some of the hidden Mickeys yeah, yeah. there are some obvious ones some not so obvious ones so when you come into the space it's a wide open space with a lot of covered seating area there's there's beautiful um, trees and foliage and plants and, and uh, growing throughout. But there's four different locations, right? There's the Wajohi refreshment stand, the Katamu Grill, the sausage, Borawar's sausage, and Chief Mwanga's rib shop. And, and all sort of small little, again, like you would find almost a, a, a pop-up shop, uh, street food. So let's go first and foremost. Let's start with the back and work our way forward. Let's start with Chief Mwanga's specialty, which are the ribs. They have spice-rubbed karubi ribs with green papaya carrot slaw and a chickpea, cucumber, and tomato salad. There's vegetables, kids, which by definition to me makes it healthy. For dessert, they have an African milk tart, 
which is coconut custard in a chocolate tart shell with sugar and five spice powder drizzled with dark chocolate ganache. Dark chocolate, it's a superfood, so it's got to be good for you. They also have two different draft beers, a Safari Amber Lager and an Orlando Brewing I-4 IPA, as well as uh, six different African wines and the specialty, in my opinion, drink of the house, the watermelon lemonade featuring Odwalla. The watermelon lemonade is $3.59. The ribs are $13.39. The milk tart is $4.49. That's a snack credit. And they also have kids' meals of a kid's portion of ribs and a kid's snack pack. Okay, so first of all, I took a little bit of like a gigantic sip of my watermelon lemonade. It's my new favorite drink on the planet. Sorry, like cream soda and stuff. This is delicious. <laughs> what do you think? I, it's probably my second favorite drink, but I still do not know what my first favorite drink is. But I really like it. It's really good. So what I like about it, and again, especially on a day like today, it's very, it's it's sweet and thirst quenching, but. You also get a, the the lemonade gives it a nice little bit of tartness, sort of like on the back of the palate. It's it's extremely refreshing, especially on a hot day. Delicious, delicious. Right, and I was afraid when I saw watermelon that it was going to be overly sweet, uh, but it's not. Like you can easily drink this and not, you know, like a root beer, you can only have one. Watermelon lemonade, you can have a few. So, Deanna, you are um, you're making fast work of the spice rub. Karubi ribs, and I noticed that you were doing it really just with a fork alone. And I can just, first of all, I can smell it like you can smell the spices, but it's super, super moist, and it looks like it just sort of fell apart. Super moist, definitely fell apart, and that's exactly, I am a ribs connoisseur, so I absolutely love ribs, and these are, I'm gonna tell you right now. They're so good, they're really, really good. Especially with like that slaw or something on top. So, the first thing I noticed was it's got a nice char on the outside, right? I like that little bit of burnt end crustiness on the ribs, but not so much that it becomes dry. The second thing you pay attention to is the rub, and sometimes you have to be careful with spice rubbed ribs. If the, if it's if it's overly rubbed, it can make it too spicy, it can make it too dry, and that's not. Yeah, it's not pepper. It's not like that at all, but you also do get a nice sense of the, of the pepper on the palate. Pepper probably. So when you have the slaw that's on top with the rib, it's so delicious. It actually cuts a little bit of the spice, which is what you're supposed to do. And I have dipped it in the barbecue sauce. I, could, I think I might have to order, order some more. I think the ribs were really, really good. So there's also a, um, you can add a barbecue sauce on the side. I think that when you put the, the meat, I really like the slaw a lot. I really like the barbecue sauce. I really like the rib dipped with the barbecue sauce with the slaw. It's so delicious. I'm going to order me some more. So the slaw is pickled, but it's not too vinegary. And Marion, so you're having some of the um I, Yeah, I kind of like devoured and stole the whole thing, but I'm obsessed with chickpeas and garbanzo beans, same thing, but... It's like a chickpea garbanzo bean tomato cucumber. Can I get can I get a little taste of that? No. You like your father. You hate to share. Oh, it's so good. Mmm. It's really like refreshing and light. Well, you know, we use that word a lot. To like the but yeah, it is. I mean, if you want sort of a and it's a look. I would rather have something like that on the side than than something else that was fried. Oh my. Mmm. Mm. Underneath is, is all rib meat, 
and it's so soft and it falls right off the bone. Once you get through the little peppery top, it's delicious. And there's a, I mean, I wish I could have waited ahead of time. I mean, it's a heavy, I mean, it's got to be three pounds. I mean, it's a, it's a, the the dish it comes in, the, the cardboard plate is probably nine inches by six inches wide. And it's full. I mean, it's full of rib meat. It's not, you know, I was afraid that, oh, maybe it was just going to be, you know, one or two ribs. You can easily, easily split this between two people. There's definitely enough for two people, no doubt. But I love underneath where the soft rib is. Mm. Oh, see, I like the top, this part. I like the little burnt part because so you get a little bit of, that's where the, see, look at that. Look, you can see the thin layer of fattiness. Look at that, right underneath the char. Oh. Mm. And you wouldn't expect for like such a, not, it's not very expensive, but you get so much, you get so much. And, it's per, and it's cooked perfection. It fall, I mean, it really does fall apart. You don't even need a knife. That's a lot of food. I've got a lot in there. All right, so I'm afraid of getting too full, as if that's a possibility. Let's move on to Bora Wars Sausage. We had a chance to talk to some of the Imagineers earlier today. We had a chance to talk to the chef. The chef. And again, the idea was to take inspiration from not just sort of East African flavors in terms of bringing in, uh, you know, the curries and the rubs and the spices, but this idea of having easy, sort of easy to grab and walk around with street food. And look, we're, we're a, you know, Americans, that's what we love to do. We love to go to carnivals and street fairs and food trucks. And the corn dog is like the staple, it's like the national, it's like the American food. This is such a, a, a different take on... The, the American corn dog, because it's fried. First of all, it's a sausage, and it's fried in a curried corn batter with uh, roasted broccoli and tomato salad. That's eight ninety nine. There's also an African milk tart here. Again, same types of drinks and South African wines. But the difference here, unlike an, an American corn dog, first of all, this is a, it's really almost like a foot long. I mean, it's huge, and it probably weighs two pounds. Like, this is not something that you... It's not like a little mini corn dog. No, it's definitely something that your kids can split or you can split as a snack. I mean, it's definitely a two-person... It's like the size of your forearm. I mean, like, seriously, stick your arm out, Mary. And look, it's as long as my... It kind of looks like a forearm, too. Look, there's the elbow, and then her hand is the stick. But... Mm. Mm-hmm. So the important thing when you hear this is I think the word curry scares a lot of people. They think of a spicy, hot Indian curry. It's not at all. Because it's in a curried corn batter, the corn is actually very, very sweet. It's got a great crunch on the outside, beautiful yellow color on the inside. And the sausage, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like a... It's not a spicy sausage. It's not an Italian sausage. It's not a, a breakfast sausage. But it's got that nice crunchy casing, right? It's super, super moist inside. Sometimes you worry about when things get fried, they lose some of the uh, the moisture. It's not like that at all. But there's no sort of heat or spice to this. Not at all. There's no spice, but there's definitely a hint of curry. It's wonderful because after you take a bite of it, you sense the curry after, as like almost like an aftertaste. It's delicious. I think it was really, really good. 
The sausage gave it like saltiness, but the corn, the corn batter gave it a little bit of the sweetness. So it was. So is that something Nicholas you would order again? Mm, yes. Sorry, let me just stuff my face. Um, I loved it. It was definitely a really, really nice African take on the American corn dog. It's except it's a lot bigger. But the thing is that with the the sausage, kind of gave it a little bit of spice. Same with the curry, it gave it a little bit of like a spice of, and heat. But the outside coating with like the corn balanced it all out and made it like really good. And it's not a heavy fry too. You know, you worry sometimes when you hear fried corn dog. It's like what you get on the boardwalk, and it's going to be something heavy fried and old oil. And that, right, it's not like that at all. And so there's also, I mean, what's underneath is almost a full portion of a uh, bro- a roasted broccoli and tomato salad. In a vinaigrette, it's mm. it's still it's so refreshing. That's the thing I love. All these flavors, everything complements each other because it's everything's more refreshing than the other. And we use that word a lot. I mean, keep sort of repeating the word refreshing, but it is, and I think especially they're very aware of the right. They weren't very aware of the heat. That they don't want to give you things that are going to make you feel like I. I mean, that you want to take a nap when you're done eating. Yeah, but think about it. When you're hot, really hot. I know with me, when I'm really hot, I don't want to eat a lot of heavy food. And in Africa. Africa is Africa. It's always really hot. It's so hot in Africa. People walk around Africa going, man, it's Animal Kingdom hot here in, exactly. <laughs> in Africa. <laughs> so, you know, I think the Africans do it well because they actually know that you don't want to eat a lot of heavy food that's going to sit in your stomach. So they do refreshing things as well as light food. That's the key. It's not heavy. Not Nothing heavy. really seems heavy. So let's sort of go over then to the Katamu Grill, talking about not heavy things. They have an all-natural grilled chicken skewer for eight ninety nine as well as a ground beef kebab flatbread. Again, served with that same uh, broccoli and tomato salad. They also pair it with um, uh, wines and beers. And there's a, a kid's chicken skewer as well. The chicken skewer is $8.99. The grilled beef kebab flatbread is $9.49. I'm going to move my way up to the beef kebab because in talking to a lot of people, they seem to say that's their favorite. Let's take a little taste of the chicken. So same thing again. It's got that sort of putting it out on the grill, the char on the outside, but you can just look at the meat and see that it's not dried out. That's always the thing that you worry about, putting something on the grill for too long. It's very light. It's simple. So, I think if you're coming here and saying, you know what, I'm a picky eater, my kids are picky eaters, there's not going to be anything for us to eat in Africa. There's not going to be anything for us to eat in the Harambe Marketplace. This is as safe as it gets. I mean, it literally is plain grilled chicken. There's a little type of a, of a I don't even want to call it a peppery spice. I mean, there's a little bit of a, of a, a marinade on the outside, but it's very simple. It's very safe. It's got a nice flavor to it, but there's nothing complicated about it at all. With, really? with chicken, if you ever, like sometimes, if you don't, cook it perfectly it's very dry but this is totally moist but still with that nice char on the outside i want to go back i want to eat more of the sausage but all right let's let's move over to the flatbread and i'm surprised right so i'm going to tell you right off the bat i'm surprised at what came out and what i mean by that is i'm surprised with the amount that came out it's 9:49. there are two huge flatbreads here they're probably Six inches long, and it almost looks like a Greek hero. Right. I don't mean a, I don't mean like a where is my super suit hero. 
a gyro, whatever. Oh, so look, see what she's doing? Look what she's doing. She's not doing the Philly lean, right? Because she, she, your mother picked it up. She bit into it, and you can see all of that nice little bit of, like, juice and sort of that, that type of tzatziki-style t- sauce. So it's a warm flatbread with ground beef kebab inside. Mmm. Mmm. It's good. It's got tzatziki sauce on it. It's delicious. So it does. I don't know specifically what the sauce is, but it does have that sort of Greek yogurt-style sauce on it. It's got, um, let's see, it looks like it has tomatoes and onions and maybe scallions and some lettuce. There. And there's two large pieces of, of beef in here, too. It's like an African sausage taco. <laughs> well, there you go. Mmm. But it's, I was afraid that that was going to be something a lot. I, I saw ground beef kebab. I thought it was going to be very meaty, very heavy. And again, not heavy at all. And the outside is a naan bread. How can you turn that down? That's amazing. So we forgot to talk about how we've been washing this down. We, we obviously love the watermelon lemonade. But we also got another drink that is sweet, carbonated, and bright green. Nicholas, what kind of drink did we just have? Bebo. Now, why does that sound familiar? Where else can I get Bebo in Walt Disney World? Club Cool. And where's Bebo from? South Africa, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the watermelon lemonade, unique to Harambe Market. The Bebo, you can find at Club Cool in Epcot. But you know what? I like the fact that you can get it here. Like, I could walk around... Disney's Animal Kingdom and drink that. It's not overly sweet. And what does it taste like? You know, I, I can't quite. It, um, it is a mango kiwi. I think you said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. Nicholas, what'd you like better, the Bebo or the watermelon lemonade? That's a really tough one. I would probably go with the watermelon lemonade. Okay, so if you can get the watermelon lemonade and one of these entrees, which would you pick? Um, I would get the like the um, the like kebab, not not the flatbread, but the kebab. The the chicken skewer. The chicken? Yeah. Okay. So one vote for the chicken skewer, Marion. I would get the watermelon lemonade and like that um, the ribs with the chickpea side. Okay, Deanna. I would have to go with the watermelon lemonade and of course the ribs. So I'm torn. I, I'm. But <laughs> I would definitely get. Like, you get a lot of this um, broccoli and red onion and tomato with the vinaigrette on it. I love that. So, we found out you get, there's 18 ounces of rib. I mean, I was, you know, slightly exaggerating when I said three pounds, but it's a pound and a half of meat. That's a lot. I actually really like the corn dog sausage. It very much gives me the sense of that African street food. Like, I, I, I just like the whole presentation. I like the vegetables with it. It's twice fried. We talked to the chef. It's twice fried. They quickly like quickly fry it once just to sear in all the juices. That's the secret. That's how they're able to keep it so moist and light. And then they put a little bit of the crunchiness on the outside. I think the play is this. You get the ribs and you get the sausage and you get one of the, you get a bibo 
and a watermelon lemonade or an adult beverage if you're over 21. And you're set. And I think, and you're, I mean, that will keep you going. I'm just saying with Deanna. Deanna can't talk because she's got the, uh, we're going to do cheers with our little, um, we could do like lightsaber battles with our little sausages. These are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, now, just to sell it all off, let's go to Zuza's Sweet Shop or something. Mmm. And you're right, so when you're done, Zuri's Sweet Shop's Sweet Shop has like 80 different items, they said, in terms of salty and sweet snacks that you can consume right there. There's a, a case, there's nuts, there's, I love the dried fruits, the they dried new, kiwi. They have a new dried fruit like trail mix bar that you can pick and choose the trail mix of your choice. They have dried kiwi, they have dried mango, they have dried apricots, they have nuts. It's a great snack to have and carry around with you throughout the park. And, it, you know, it doesn't melt. And stuff, there, there's snacks there that are unique to Zuri's Sweet Shop, which I love, right? It reminds me of places like Memento Mori, where, and I hope it's a trend we're continuing to see throughout Walt Disney World, are locations, merchandise and food locations with items that are unique to that land, to that attraction, whatever it may be. I love how you, because at Disney, sometimes you don't, you, at most places it's pretty healthy, but other times you really want like a, like a night, like an indulgent treat thing. But at uh, Zuri Sweet Shop, there is a literal like trail mix nut dried fruit bar with any f- dried fruits or nuts that you want, and you can just. It's kind of like in the confectionery in um, on Main Street, and it's the exact same thing except with some healthy dried fruits and nuts. And, it was, and I'm really, really excited to go get some. Right and now. I don't feel. I mean, first of all, there's food left over, which for Lou Mangello is an anomaly. And granted, I'm not done eating old. Just keep going on the recorded. But I don't feel so full that I couldn't go and get a snack at Zuri's Sweet Shop. Again, all in the name of research. Because that's the whole point that they're trying to do. It's it's stuff that's refreshing and not heavy. So therefore, you're not going to need... You know, you can go enjoy, like, either an adult beverage with some ice cream on it or... And I was going to say that they're smaller portions, but they're not. I mean, they're, it, this is not... I, I thought the part... I actually expected the portions to be a lot smaller. Right. But for the price and for what was coming out, I expected it to be, like, sort of more tapas style. This is These are full entree-sized portions, so you can come here for lunch or dinner easily. And look, I think it's one thing to hear about it, and it's neat to hear the, the music in the background. I'm also going to do a quick video giving you a quick tour of the Harambe market, but I want you to come out here and try it for yourself. Better yet, we're going to have a meet of the month here soon so we can get together under the shade and share some of these treats. Check out the events page at www.radio.com or follow me on Twitter. At Lou Mangiello. The other thing too is for people that are vacationing that don't always want to go and sit down and have a you know a restaurant meal. This is an absolutely wonderful place to come and hang out with your family and order a couple things and cool off. You don't you don't feel like you're rushed. So it's and you get a, a huge portions. Yeah, I, I I mean look you know we primarily are counter service people. We prefer to sort of be able to sort of. Um, not worry about I mean look obviously we're locals too but not worry about ADRs but see what it is that you're feeling I still look you know me I've been a proponent of Disney's Animal Kingdom since the beginning I did a show back in you know the double digits of W Radio about how this is not a half day park I consider it a two day park certainly with all the additions 
I think that very much comes into play. But you want to talk about one of the parks that has one of the widest varieties of food offerings, right? We're big fans of Flame Tree Barbecue. I love Yak and Yeti. Not just, I actually like outside Yak and Yeti almost better than I like inside Yak and Yeti. Um, Restaurantosaurus. I mean, there's a, a, and now this, there's a really neat variety of unique items you can find throughout this park. Yeah, lots of lots of outdoor activities to view and see and how everything is, like, themed. I mean, this is the kind of experience that you yeah. want, especially when you're here. Cool. I love it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of uh, Harambe Market. I'm also a huge fan of Marion and Nicholas because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I made you myself, so I have to be a fan. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you. You know, it, listen, it is always an adventure. Adventure is out there, and together we will uh, find it and explore it and enjoy it all together. So I want to hear from you. Have you tried the Harambe Market? If you have, go to this week's show notes over at www.radio.com. Let me know what you thought. Better yet, tweet me at Lou Mangello or share a picture on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know your thoughts. Hopefully, this uh, quick little review will open your eyes and your palate and your stomach to uh, a new dining experience here at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Jumbo. That's the, that's the only word I know. Jumbo. Jumbo. No, not Jumbo. 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 What's the other one? Uh, Swahili. No, that's a language. Uh, kumbaya. No. Asante sana. Squash banana. Quaharini. Yeah. There you go. Look at Nicholas. Out of left field comes up Quaharini. As you know, first and foremost, Disney is a storytelling company. And here at Harambe Market, it is, once again, I can tell all about story and all about details and all about the food. But let's talk about story and details today. I'm here with Emily. She's the executive show producer for Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, I always feel like I need to congratulate you when, when something like this opens up, because I'm sure it's been a long process from concept and design to getting to the point that you can share it with guests. Yes, thank you. Um, it, it always is a process and a huge team. So, um, you know, everybody works hard to, to tell the right story and to tell the best story. And I think, I think we've done that here in a, in a great way. And it seems like it obviously flows so very well with the rest of Africa. And you get this sense that you are walking into a small village as if you were in your own hometown where there is sort of a, a street party going on. And look, we are, you know, especially here in America, we love sort of street food and street vendors. Yep, that's exactly what we are going for. So I'm, I'm really glad that you feel that way. You know, we're, our, our storytelling here is about having a feeling and a, kind of an intimacy that you would have in a neighborhood street party just like that. So it's kind of awesome that you just said that. <laughs> And so does it, is it really meant to kind of tie in? I think there sort of ties in like with um, the Kilimanjaro Safari. So maybe before or after your safari, you want to get something to eat. And is that what it's meant to do, sort of help sort of connect everything else that you see in Africa? Yeah, it does. It actually really creates that full village, as you said. So, you know, as you come into Harambe, you go down the main street and to your left is our theater district with the new Lion King Theater and the fort over there. And if you go straight, you go to the safari and the reserve at the end of the street. And as you come back around, you kind of get this back street um, kind of a little more gritty train station marketplace with all of the vendors, be it food or merchandise. Um, we've got lots of offerings here, and it's really what you would find in any town's marketplace, like kind of the center, the area where the town goes to, to share in, in food and, and drink and fun. 
And I love that we have the sound of the train going behind us. It really sort of connects the story because it really is a multi-sensory experience. It's not just what you see, yeah. but obviously here and what you smell and what yeah. you taste. Too. Yes, absolutely. And that's it's we were going for the most authentic version of that that we could get. So, you know, in in East Africa, along the coast, that's along the spice routes to India. So what you'll find in the food here is flavors that are inspired by the spices that would come on the boats to those towns. So everything's got just a little bit of a twist on it. It's like someone from from Harambe went off on an adventure and came back and said, you know what, I saw corn dogs. I saw corn dogs in the United States and now I want to make corn dogs, but I want them to be for, for our people with our flavors. So they use a you know pork and, and beef sausage that is local with all of the spices and use a curry batter. So it's a little bit of a different take, but it's still the same kind of feeling of a corn dog, but with, with a richer flavor. And I love the authenticity of it. So when you come here, you know that you are, maybe it's not something that specifically you'd find in a certain country yeah. or a certain area of Africa, but it does use some of those same types of ingredients. Yes, yes. It's very unique to our Harambe. Everything here is is kind of one village that is inspired by many. Well, I was going to say, it's not meant to represent a specific location in Africa. Yeah. It's really sort of an amalgamation of lots of different cultures and foods. Yes. It is a feeling. It is. And that's and I think that's what you get when you come in here. It very much is that transformative experience when you pass through that portal the same way that you do in Adventureland or Frontierland or Tomorrowland. You get that sense when you come into Harambe as well. Yes. But here we're not pretending. You are you experiencing Africa in this time, this place. It's not we're not going back in time here. This is your real experience of you currently having your own adventure. I love it, and I love that I can sort of eat my way around Africa, well, too, yeah, here at the... <laughs> that's always a good thing. And so what's, um, it, it's all about, again, the, the details, and I love being able to walk around and sort of piece the story together and how it looks as though you've grabbed things that maybe you would have found at a roadside stand. Tell me about some of the details, and then you gotta tell me your favorite food. Okay, so detail-wise, you know, as you look around at all of our vendors, um, all of all of the wares that are being sold or represented here are actually from Africa. And one of the things that's cool about going to Africa, you'll see that kind of inventive spirit that people have to try to um, recycle and reuse um, objects in their daily lives to serve different purposes. So if you look over our heads, we've got some flattened out oil drums that were actually purchased in Africa and they are used as a building material there. So we of course did the same thing here. And it's that ability to, to see opportunity in materials. Um, so you'll see that kind of all around, all around you. Ooh, favorite food. You know, the flatbread's my favorite. Personally, it's got a little bit of spice in the yogurt sauce that's on it. It's like a gyro, but um, yeah, that one's my favorite. I dig it. There is a lot going on here at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Again, a place where you can be transported to other places, to other times. I don't just mean in Asia or soon to be Pandora, but right here in Harambe. Uh, for more information, visit DisneyWorld.com. Better yet, come here to Harambe. I need to go and try the flatbread. Yeah, you do. So I'm here with Chef Albert, the chef de cuisine of Disney's Animal Kingdom. The Harambe Market looks beautiful. It smells even better. Um, tell us a little about the inspiration for some of the different flavors you brought in. Uh, the inspiration is really uh, about African street style food, introducing some spices and some curries to, to the walking path you know, here in Africa. Yeah, and it really sort of capitalizes on this, this idea that we, especially Americans, like we love street food, we love food trucks, 
And it does give you a sense that you're sort of invited into a small little African village. Oh, absolutely. And we have three little marketplaces you see behind us. And we offer uh, Berber, spice, uh, Berber spice chicken, excuse me, uh, a gyro flatbread, which is all beef uh, uh, meat. And then we also have a uh, sausage that's curry dipped in batter. And then uh, Karubi spiced rib, which has some of that African barbecue spice. Let's talk a little bit about sort of, you know, it's sort of like an African corn dog because it's this unique combination of sausage. And I think when some people hear curry, they get a little afraid, but it's not because it almost has a, a type of sweetness to it. Yes, it does have a sweetness in the batter. It's, um, it's definitely uh, dipped in a corn batter that has a little sweetness to it. But the sausage itself, it has those spices of a little bit of clove, a little bit of cardamom uh, inside the sausage. And then we make the batter ourselves. And it's, it's, people do get offended on spice, right? It's not really hot at all. Um, but the curry is really the earth tone that uh, is in that batter. And, it, and it's one of our uh, most popular items as well. And I love the fact that it's just fun hand food that you can grab and sort of walk around like you would if you were doing a, a you know a carnival or street fair anywhere. Absolutely, yeah. You can grab uh, one from every window and walk around and enjoy with your family. I, I like how you think. Get, <laughs> grab one from every window. I'm not very good at sharing, but I like the idea of grabbing one for every window. Harambe Market is open now. It looks good. It tastes even better. Chef Albert, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. The newly opened Harambe Market includes Zuri's Sweet Shop, a location that includes three of my favorite things, food, sweets, and merchandise. And to tell us all about it is Stephen Miller from Disney Merchandise. Hey. Jumbo, How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Well, I brought out today a few of my favorite items from Zuri Sweet Shop. It's our first dedicated consumables location at Animal Kingdom, and we created about 80 new items for this location. So I couldn't bring all 80, but I brought some of my favorites, including, you got to love this, it is the Flame Tree Barbecue Sauce. Now, if you're a fan of the restaurant, this actually worked with the Disney chefs to capture that sweet and spicy flavor of the barbecue sauce. You match that with some of the spice rubs that we have as well. Uh, like, this is the Flame Tree Barbecue Sauce, and it's uh, the rub, and it's fantastic. I mean, this is really if I actually knew how to cook, that would that would be awesome. I just prefer to come to Flame Tree well, and get. We have we have a few consumable items here that are easy. They're already made. You know, I love the apples. You know, this is an apple shaped like an elephant. We also have a monkey, a cotton top tamarind in there as well. The hippo pop is a lot of fun. Marshmallows. There, it looks like a hippopotamus. Uh, but there's really three different themes here. There is kind of the Lion King gourmet, which is that where that Flame Tree barbecue sauce is. They have some coffees here as well. We have this kind of kente program, which is inspired by the Animal Kingdom logo, Africa uh, fabrics and so forth. Um, they have a great chocolate bar set. The coconut patties are great. This popcorn here is delicious. This is a uh, cardamom, citrus, and almonds in this popcorn. So different flavors of Africa, something really unique here. And then we have this Lion King thing here. I think this is fun. It's a popcorn tin, but after you're done with it, you can actually use it as a drum. So uh, parents can be... Yeah, yeah that's, a lot of parents are going to be grateful that you're, that you're giving your kids drums. These are great, too. Actually, I bought these for my son recently, the centipedes. You know, it's just like Lion King, the, the actual film, where, you know, they're eating the worms and all that kind of stuff. And then these candy rocks look like rocks, but they taste delicious. So, again, a lot of different items here. Not only the consumables piece, but we also have these great blessing baskets. These are made by artisans in Africa, and then you can connect with them. So there's actually a place you register your basket online. You can actually correspond with that particular artist. So really unique stuff here for Harambe Market at Zuri sweet shop and look i always say that the best way to, to connect with people and learn about a culture is certainly through their food whether you want to eat it here 
or take it home and do it yourself. And I love the fact that there's a lot, again, like the story of Harambe, it's really about the authentic African flavors, but connecting it to the people and the culture too. Oh, you just, you can smell, I mean, those spice rubs, we have a sampler out here, and you can come into the shop and, and smell them, and they just immerse you in such a culture. I mean, in this entire area here, Harambe Market, is really such a wonderful addition to Disney's Animal Kingdom. You had me at popcorn. <laughs> Believe me. And there's four different flavors here. In addition to them, there's some other uh, popcorn we did uh, for the Lion King program as well. And then they got this kettle corn here. So yeah, it's uh, some delicious stuff here. Well, whether you want to get a little bit of a taste of Africa right here at Harambe or bring it home with you, visit Zuri's, Zuri's Sweet Shop. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Great to see you again. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. And if you think you got the answer right, you can enter by email for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, your question was very simple. It was sort of a where in Walt Disney World can you find... The Forgotten Grotto. And I was so impressed with the hundreds of you that got this one correct because either you've been to Typhoon Lagoon or you are masters of the Google search. Because if you know, if you go to Typhoon Lagoon, there is a series of paths called the Mountain Trail that allows you to explore Mount Mayday. And while you're on these paths, through and across Overlook Pass and check out the Forgotten Grotto. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, including the brand new Tomorrowland, which was just released a couple of months ago, and a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book. Both, by the way, are available at the shop at www.radio.com. And I'm also going to send you your own WDW Radio custom Magic Band cover. And last week's winner is... Beth Spooner. So, Beth, congratulations. I will send your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, we are in Disney's Animal Kingdom this week, not just for the Harambe Market review and interviews, but actually we had our meet of the month at Restaurant Osaurus this past weekend. So, I figured let's make the question about Animal Kingdom as well. And of course, one of the most popular and one of my favorite attractions in Animal Kingdom and obviously one of the largest ones in any of the Disney parks anywhere is, of course, the Kilimanjaro Safari. But when the safari first opened, the storyline was a little bit different. And at the end of the attraction, there was a cast member uh, dressed as a reserve warden who captured the poachers as part of the story and saved a mother and baby elephant. So all you need to do is tell me what was the name of the baby elephant. You have until Sunday, July 26th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Again, you're going to get all the audio tours, the 102 Ways book, and a WW Radio cover for your magic band. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I understand how valuable and important your time is, and I am so grateful that you choose to spend some of it with me. I hope you enjoyed our live review of the Harambe Market, and your question of the week this week is to tell me, have you tried the Harambe Market yet? And if so, I'd love to hear your review 
and comments, you can tweet me at Lou Mangiello, Instagram.com slash Lou Mangiello, or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. Don't forget that if you want to help the show and be a part of the WW Radio Nation, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Completely optional, but a great way for you to help the show and get exclusive rewards and benefits every month, like custom Magic Band covers, monthly scavenger hunts, logo gear, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, an exclusive live video group calls, a private Facebook group, and lots more. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds go to benefit the Dream Team Project and the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. To find out more, you can go to www.radio.com support. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and check out our blog and videos and newsletter and free mobile app and lots more. And join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDWRadioLive.com, where I do a live video broadcast about this week's Disney World news and interact with you in the text chat room. You can also watch it live on Periscope. You can follow me there at Lou Mangiello. Same place you can follow me at Lou Mangiello on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest and like the WW Radio page over at Facebook.com slash WW Radio. Again, you can find links to all those over at WWRadio.com. As much as I love connecting with you and having conversations with you online, I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and you guys proved it again. Thank you to everybody who came out to this past weekend's meet of the month in Disney's Animal Kingdom. The next meet of the month is going to be our annual day at a Disney water park. That's going to be Sunday, August 30th. We're going to spend the day at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park. I'll then have updates about upcoming meets for September and through the rest of the year on the events page over at www.radio.com. In 2016, we also have lots more coming up, including our February 9th cruise on the Disney Fantasy. It is a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise and WW Radio's ninth anniversary and the Super Bowl and lots of surprises there. Our New Orleans meet and running team event February 26th through the 28th. And then in November 2016, our e-ticket adventure, our meetup and event in New York City, then a six-night cruise on the Disney Magic from New York to Puerto Rico, and then spending a couple days together in Puerto Rico as well. You can find out about all those over at www.radio.com slash events. I also do other meetups as I'm going on the road to speak at conferences and to schools and events. For example, our next one is going to be in Fort Worth on Sunday, August 2nd. I'm going to be delivering the keynote presentation at Podcast Movement in Fort Worth. And I figured let's get together that evening for a casual meetup for anybody who is in the area. Again, if you visit the events page, you can find out more. And if I can come to maybe your conference or to your school or to your business or work with you one-on-one or small mastermind groups, visit LouMangelo.com. Find out how maybe I can help you build your brand or business or turn your passion into your profession. Again, you can find out everything over at LouMangelo.com. Thanks as always to Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider because it's who I use. It's who I use and recommend for the past 10 years or so. They give you incredible service all at no cost to you, no matter what part of the Disney world, Disneyland, Alani, Disney Cruise Line, whatever it may be, you may be going to. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com and go to celebrationspress.com and find out how you can get Celebrations Magazine delivered to your door or your digital device. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Go to facebook.com, share a link, comment there, tell your friends about it. I really do appreciate it. And 
What I would love is if you can go to iTunes and rate and review the show there. Thanks to you, we have more than a thousand reviews. Would love to keep more of them coming. I want to thank recent reviewers like Will Douglas 77, Michael Panama Thomas, Quincy the Disney fan, Jody Mayberry, and Epcot at night. You can visit iTunes and just search for WDW Radio or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll give you instructions and a direct link so you can go and rate and review the show there. And finally, and most importantly, I need to give you my sincerest thanks for spending this time with me and allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you through the show and in so many other ways. Uh, Your friendship and love and support means more to me than you know. And I understand your time is valuable, and you know that as well, too. So be sure to invest your time into what's really important and to what really matters, whether it's family, business, your dream, your goal, whatever it is, let the investment of time take you in a positive direction. Always have faith and always keep moving forward. And I hope that you have the most amazing week of your life this week. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou. This is Austin from the great Northwest. Wanted to uh, leave a uh, kudos for the fantastic podcast I discovered a few uh, few weeks ago, uh, trying to break away from the depressing news and just typed in Disney one day into Stitcher, and you popped up, and uh, deservedly so. You have a fantastic show. I really enjoy listening to it and making my day a lot, uh, a lot more positive than listening to uh, the other the other things happening in this crazy world. I wanted to respond to your question regarding about the best thing that Disney has added over the past 10 years and was thinking a little outside the box on this one. Uh, the last two times that uh, I've been able to go with my family, I've been able to take advantage of the free dining promotion, uh, the quick service dining when we stayed at Pop Century. And I think that's really a fantastic addition because it's, allows us to really explore restaurants that I don't think normally we, we would afford as a family of four uh, to, to go to be our guest restaurant, to really dig in and have a full meal at Flame Tree Barbecue. And it also afforded us the, the financial opportunity to do things like Lanuba with Cirque du Soleil because our budget suddenly has been freed up from having to uh, purchase um, all that food. So I think that in itself is really kind of the the first domino that allows so many other opportunities to happen and as controversial as the dining plan might be on its own as far as the value when it's included it's a fantastic value and a huge incentive to go during those off season uh times a year so i just wanted to share my two cents i appreciate uh the community that uh has really rallied around the show and the the passion shared with everyone and i certainly look forward to future episodes Thanks so much. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. What was the other one? What was the other? It was a mango. What was it? Sort of a mango lime. Lemon, lime, mango, lemon, lime. I don't, it's green. It, it's, it's a bright neon thing.